episode number 500. I cannot believe this is my 500th episode I've done for the Shaleen show. And I think we're over like, I don't know, maybe close to 300 episodes on Build Your Tribe. That's insane. 500 episodes that we've been together. Well, maybe some of you are are new here, but 500 episodes is huge. And I feel so freaking blessed. This is absolutely one of my favorite things in the world to do because of you. I mean, it's not even fun if you weren't involved. It's just so cool to have people like you. So, oh, I forgot. This is the beginning of the show. It's Car Smart Friday, and I just made a $500 donation to the International Justice Mission. Yeah, $500. I'm talking about the money I just donated. Put your seatbelt on. We're going to talk about money. Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. To start the show, I thought that's what I should start with, is talking about my donation that I made tonight to the International Justice Mission on our behalf. I started a team for us. It's called the Shalene Show team. And Lifer, I have placed a link in the description for this episode where you too can make a donation. And you know what? I'm only asking for a dollar. If every single person who downloaded this episode donated a dollar, just a dollar, just a dollar, do you understand we could raise maybe $100,000 in less than a month? How outstanding would that be? Do you know the number of lives that we could save if every person who listened? I mean, if you've ever listened to an episode or even if this is your first one, I I hope that it's worth a dollar. I hope that you'll think about the people who it will help. People who have been human trafficked, who are in slavery, children, women, men, just it's ridiculous and it's sad and we can do our part to end it. And that's what I'm talking about today is how important it is that we share our philanthropical efforts, that we talk about making these micro donations, like just a dollar, click that link and do that, leave a message, you know, and and then once you do that, screenshot it and tell other people that you made that donation. We're talking about money. And you know, money is, it's a funny thing. There are those who believe what you do with your money, how much money you make. Just think about it. It's one of the first things your parents taught you is like not to ask for the price of things, not to ever ask someone how much they make. Like when it comes to age and money, it's just one of those things you're not ever supposed to ask someone. You're supposed to be discreet with your money. If you've got a lot of money and you are philanthropic or charitable with your money. If you share that, there are those who might say, oh, you're doing so because you want recognition or you're doing so because you want attention. You're doing it for ulterior motives. Money is sometimes referred to as the root of all evil. We've heard, you know, time and time again, like, oh, this person really changed once they got money or they're different when they lost all their money. I think people are the same. It just, your personality is accentuated or who you are, like good or bad, is all accentuated sometimes by money. But really the reason why I wanted to do this episode is because we're coming up on a season where I've struggled with what, like, what's the right thing to do here for me and for our family. So we've always done something really charitable around the holidays 
I mean, we actually, I, I don't need to say this. It's not like I'm trying to like make a big deal about what we do. We're charitable on a regular basis, but I think the holidays is one of those times where you just feel it a little deeper and people tend to dig deeper. And I know that for us as parents, we always try to use the holidays to help instill in our children true meaning of Christ's birthday, the true meaning of Christmas and the true meaning of what it means to be a Christian and to care for other people and to help those who need help. So we've always done something. For many years, we did a big bike drive. So we would have our friends and family members, instead of exchanging gifts, we just suggested that everyone buy bikes and have them assembled. And then we would drop off like a big semi loaded with assembled bikes from you know the kind with training wheels all the way up to like 10 speeds and we would drop them off at a local what do you call it I just forgot the name of it I want to say children's home yeah the orange kind of children's home but that's not the name of the actual children's home it doesn't matter because if you don't live here or not we would drop them off at a place where kids were often staying before they could put into foster homes and that was really cool but we never got to see the kids right and I know what you're thinking like you shouldn't do good things just because it makes you feel good but let's face it that makes it a heck of a lot more fun I mean there's just no denying that I'm not a perfect person I like knowing where my money's going we tithe I donate to charities I donate to a lot of organizations where I believe in their mission but guy there's something that is just like I love the emotion of knowing that you have made a difference on a specific person. I love thinking about there's a local family who we have heard from others that they need something and be able to help them anonymously. I don't need recognition from them, but I like the feeling I get when I know specifically someone's story and we can help them. And so we started doing that. Like people would say, oh, there's this family that we know and here's what they're going through. And we would take care of them anonymously, either financially by making a donation to their family or by just buying like all the presents we could think of that they might need or just things that are really were a necessity. Okay. So anyways, we did all those things for years and I would always think, gosh, now is this something we should share in social media? I mean, like I have a platform, but if I share this, it could definitely come across as being like, braggadocious or like I'm doing it to have people's praise. So I've struggled with that notion. And then about three or four years ago, we started sharing really just on Snapchat, what has become a Christmas tradition for us. I think like probably the last 10 years we've done this and we call it 10 envelopes. So each one of us and our family, we have family of four. It's myself, my husband, my son, and my daughter. And about 10 years ago, each one of us would write a letter. So 10 letters each, it's 40 letters, 10 letters each. And in each envelope, we would put a financial gift. And the money was from us. I know it's a brilliant idea for the money to come from your children. But this episode, I I wanna talk about something that we do, Brett and I, with our money. But the buy-in, the tie-in, the work, if you will, on the part of our children was they had to write 10 individual different letters to 10 strangers whom they have not met. And that was so fun. Like, that's the funnest part of this exercise that I'm going to challenge you to do. It's the letters. Because as you know, money is 
a necessity. People need money to keep their lights on, maybe to help pay for financial bills they weren't expecting, a medical bill. You just never freaking know. You never freaking know. But everybody wants to be loved and everybody wants to know that they are significant. And I think everybody needs to be reminded that they are God's children and that we're all equals. And so we would sit down and each one of us writes out a letter. I think we started with doing just five each because the kids were young and to write 10 letters is a lot. And now we do 10. And it's really powerful because the funny thing is, you know, and I I know this is going to take on some religious or spiritual tones. So stay with me. But when you start to write that letter, it's weird. I always feel like God just tells me who I'm writing it to. And I will write in there, I haven't met you, but I just have a sense or a feeling. And each and every one of those letters were just saying like, we've been blessed and we've had hard times, but we certainly know that, you know, there's good people out there. And for whatever reason, I'm writing this letter before I met you, but There must have been something about you that when I saw you, I knew I needed to hand you this letter and let you know that you are loved. I hope this helps you. And sometimes every letter is different. There's been letters where I tell them a little bit about my family and my kids. And I won't go into specifics because I don't want them to like, you know, be able to like track us down or anything. But I do think it's kind of, you know, if someone were to hand me a letter like that, I would want to know a little bit about them. And so those letters, like I will start crying as I'm writing these letters and I'm like, I don't even know who I'm writing this to, but I'm feeling this emotion for this person who I I know I'm going to hand this to. Okay. So we write out these letters and then we put cash in them and the amount of cash does not matter. You can put a dollar, you can put $5, you can put $5,000 in each envelope. That is completely dependent upon what is on your heart and what you can afford to do. The money, in my mind, is really kind of irrelevant because it's nice. I really personally think that what's meaningful to my family and I hope is meaningful to the person whom we hand the letter to is knowing that they are loved and knowing that somebody cares and that God connected us. I also try to tell them that I might be handing you this letter and it is not because you're in need, but maybe God knows you know someone else who is in need. And one time, that exact letter and and me writing that exact statement, I handed it to this couple. And I don't know what it was. Like, it had nothing to do with the way they were dressed. It wasn't like an appearance thing. I just, like, I saw them and I looked at their faces. Oh, by the way, the way that we do this is we go out, sometimes Christmas Eve, sometimes a week before Christmas. Just kind of depends on when the kids are available and home. And we go out sometimes during the day, sometimes at night. And it takes a long time, believe it or not, to hand out that many envelopes. And we go out as a family. It's really so freaking fun. Okay, but let me back up. Let me back up. The very first time we did it, it was so awkward. So I know you're going to do this this year. I know you are. We're going to make this a thing. Hashtag 10 envelopes. Okay? We're going to make it a thing. Use that hashtag. So the first time we did it, we had never done it. And it was really, really awkward. And it was painfully awkward for our kids. Like, we got in a fight with our kids because both of them were really into it. They wrote the letters. And then we were staying at Park City at the time. And so we drove to, like, a place where we could find a lot of people, which was a Walmart. And I think we went down to Salt Lake City. Because we were like, well, we don't want to hand these out to just like people who are like up here skiing at the nice resort. You know what I mean? Like, let's go to a place where we can find some people who maybe aren't able to take a vacation this year. So we went down to Salt Lake City. We're in the parking lot at the Walmart. And 
both kids are a little bit older. I don't, maybe they were like nine and 12. And they're like, we don't want to do this. No, it's embarrassing. Mom, no, I don't want to do it. You hand them, you hand them to everybody. And we're like, guys, it's not about charity. It's about seeing someone and feeling drawn or like a message that they need it. And it might not be that they financially need it. It might be that they know someone who needs it. And that's not yours to decide. And you're going to do this. And they were both like really upset. I think Sierra was crying and they were like, no, we don't want to do it. Please, please don't make us. I'm like, all right, you're coming in with us. And then they watched, I think I did the first one and I was also very awkward and nervous. So how we would do it is we would like look like complete sketchy people. You know, we all have our own. Well, like I think when they were younger like the kids would be with me and I'd have a shopping cart and putting things in it and Brett had a shopping cart and then we had these envelopes and it would just be like quietly observing people and just trying to feel an energy you've got to get yourself out of the habit of thinking that you're looking for a particular type or look because people in need yeah sure there are those that have you know it's obvious they're homeless etc but you just don't know you do not know so you have to let God speak to you here's the part that blows me away I would feel that calling I'd walk over to the individual I would hand them an envelope and I would just look in their eyes and I would say Merry Christmas and I can't tell you how many times the recipient has no idea what I've handed them it just is an envelope but I can't even tell you how many times they would fill up with tears and their eyes would open so wide and you could tell they were getting choked up and that they were just so very touched that a stranger would hand them a letter and say, Merry Christmas, God bless you. And that was my absolute favorite thing. Now, once we handed them the envelope, oh, you know, we would like hide around the corner to see if they were going to open it. A lot of people just take the envelope, they look at it and they stick it in their purse or they, you know, whatever, put it in their cart and don't do anything with it. But there are those two who like, they go down a couple of extra aisles and then they open up the envelope and oh my gosh, to be able to like hide behind a clothing rack and watch people's reaction and then to hear what they say. Now, since that like very first time we did it, now we kind of like split up so nobody knows we're all together. And let's say we go into a, whatever, a grocery store. Well, at this grocery store, it'll just be me handing out envelopes. And then everybody else in my family gets to like stake out and see if they can see if what the person's reaction is. Right. That way we're not all handing out envelopes in the same place. And that's a hundred percent self-serving because it is our favorite thing to get back in the car and then have like Brock say like, Oh my gosh, the husband hugged the wife and they were like, this is going to pay for. And they like, you know, like they literally will just explain like what this will do for them. I can't even tell you how many times we eavesdropped on those kind of conversations. And in one instance, I handed an envelope to this couple, younger couple. I mean, they were like in their thirties and they didn't have any kids with them or anything. It wasn't like, like that they looked like they were in need. It was just, again, a calling, and I handed them the envelope, and they were checking out at the time. And we walked out into, you know, to get into our car and didn't think that they were, like, chasing us or anything. And sure enough, the husband came running after, and he's like, I just have to tell you, this is such a God thing. My sister-in-law and my brother-in-law lost their four-year-old son a month ago. 
and we have been trying to figure out like how to help them with their medical bills and the funeral and you just you can't imagine and he was crying and so like I'm bawling <laughs> like that's the coolest freaking thing it is so cool it is so cool and we've done it for military families and you know it's just I really think the letter is the piece that makes this mutually rewarding of course it's supposed to be rewarding that you're just doing something and nobody knows about it and that's what the bible tells us right the bible tells us that we're not supposed to sound the trumpets when we do good deeds and this is why i've decided to share this so publicly because i've been struggling with this and when i say struggling with this struggling with the idea of do we share that we do this with people do we make a big deal about it or are we supposed to be quiet about it? Because every year when I do share it on Snapchat, I get hundreds and hundreds of my Snap family will say, we've been doing it now every year since you did it. And so knowing that it inspires other families to do the same, to me is all the more reason why we should share it with other people. And it got me really thinking about it this year. So I started doing like some research into, you know, is it the right thing to do to share your philanthropy? And I found some research out of Rasmussen University that found that when anyone shares their charitable contribution or their philanthropy or how they're volunteering, etc., that it significantly increases the likelihood that anyone else who hears about it will do the same. It sets an example. And it's like, yes, of course we know that. That's why when we you watch a... Uh, Remember the old Jerry Lewis telethons? And they would say, so-and-so just called in and they've donated X amount of dollars. Well, of course they realized that was encouraging other people to do the same. When we give publicly, there's a much higher likelihood that other people will follow suit. So get this. This is so true. What do you think would have a bigger impact on influencing others to be charitable. Okay. You answer this as honestly as possible. And there's no right or wrong answer. I'm just curious what your opinion is. What do you think would have a bigger influence? If every single day for 365 days, I said, I'm going to donate $1 to a charity called one in six, which is an organization that helps men recover from childhood sexual abuse. $1 every day for 365 days. And I did that publicly on, like, say, Instagram stories. Or if I donated $365, which is the same amount, in one lump sum, and I did so anonymously and didn't talk about it. I mean, it's obvious, right? It's not even the amount. It's that we're encouraging other people. And here's the other thing about being public about your philanthropy or your donations or your charity is... I don't know about you, but I don't like thinking that so much of my charitable contributions end up going to the PR and the advertising. I know it has to happen. You know, the Red Cross has to be able to run ads on TV. Charitable organizations, they need someone to manage. It's a business, right? So, of course, a certain percentage of it has to go to the administrative side of things. But I love it when it goes directly to people. And all I know is that if we're more public about our philanthropy, that's far less money that the PR agencies and advertising have to spend to get other people to be involved. And 
I hope that I have this message coming in later today. If I do, I'll put it in the podcast. My friend, Wynn Claybaugh, I met him, gosh, I don't know, probably 15, 20 years ago. And he's the founder of Paul Mitchell Schools. And when I met him, I'm like, this is just the coolest dude in the world. Like, this guy is so freaking cool. Like, just, he's legit. And he started inviting me to this gala that they have every year, the Paul Mitchell Gala. Unfortunately, this year, I'm not going to be able to attend. I'm really bummed about that because it's like one of my favorite events to go to in the world. But I will be speaking to their, and I'm just saying this in case any of my Paul Mitchell family is listening. But anyways, what I love about the Paul Mitchell family is how philanthropic they are. And it's a part of their culture. And so they throw this big gala every year and they make charity the center of it. And I said to Wayne, I go, you know, I'm going to do this episode talking about why it's important to talk about your charity. And I'm wondering, because I've never even asked you why you do this and how it ties into your overall beliefs and just the culture that you've built there at Paul Mitchell. So here's the message I got from Wynn. Shalene, it's actually a really good topic and something that I'm really passionate about, the whole idea of public philanthropy. And I'm really proud of the fact that our Paul Mitchell schools have raised $21 million in the past 12 years. And I can truthfully tell you that had we not made a spectacle of it, so to speak, had we not publicized the fact that we have raised $21 million, I don't believe that we would have continued to raise a fraction of that amount year after year. And by the way, we celebrate and publicize the $3,000 donor, and we put just as much effort and energy to publicly celebrate the person who gave $10. Because the majority of our giving, they're not big, big checks. It's uh, $10 at a time, $20 at a time which again is added up to $21 million. But again, we're very public about it. And here's the reason why. You will scream from the rooftops and spread news about how wonderful your company or your business is or the victories and accolades of your personal career, which is great. And exactly what you should do because it helps you build business and helps build your reputation in order to do more business and more sales. But What I believe is why not add philanthropy and giving back to that message? Why not make your contributions part of that press release, so to speak? Just from a business point of view, there's something called Generation G. The G stands for generosity, and we all want to be members of Generation G. Get this, 86% of Americans say they are likely to switch from one brand to another brand that is associated with the charitable cause. Three out of four people say it's very important to work for a company that does good. 40% say they would work longer hours for a socially responsible company. So it's good for business to be part of Generation G, but our intention here is to support the causes and charities we are passionate about. Well, If that's true, let's look at this from the charities, the nonprofit organization's point of view. I know firsthand the PR budgets that must be spent by some charities just to get the word out. Yes, they are nonprofits, but they still must run a successful business, so to speak. Charities spend thousands and sometimes even millions of dollars each year on fundraising and PR budgets just to spread the awareness 
about the work that they do in order to solicit funds from new donors. And even though we would love that 100% of our donations to a nonprofit go directly to those they serve, that's just not reality. And partly because they have advertising budgets. If we, the donors, publicly donate and then spread the word about it, the charity or the cause that you're giving to is getting free advertising from you. And lastly, if you are the type of person who thinks bad of people who publicize their giving or even worse, you somehow shame others for announcing or posting about their donations, well, then you're part of the problem. How about you become part of the solution by going out of your way to celebrate those who give? First of all, Gratitude and acknowledgement is a basic human need. It's oxygen for people. We all need it. For example, when your boss tells you that you're doing a good job, what happens? You want to do more to please your boss. Your work performance improves even more. When we celebrate others for giving, they feel better, you feel better, and what's the end result? More donations and more giving. We sometimes spread gossip, negativity, or frivolous information, why not spread some goodwill instead? I used to catch myself saying, once I get my life together, then I'll do volunteer work. And I eventually realized that it wasn't until I started doing volunteer work that I felt like my life started to come together. Because sometimes it's the thinking about our own problems so much that keeps us stuck in them. But when we step outside of ourselves and we give our time, we give our talents, we give our resources, what happens? We absolutely feel better about ourselves. And again, we're doing good work. We're spreading the word and that inspires other people to do the same. So there are, you know, macro donations and there are micro donations. I like to think of micro donations as making smaller donations more often and being public about it because it's going to encourage other people to do it. So here's the challenge, y'all. And I want to know if you'll take it. I challenge you and every person in your family to write 10 letters. It's the hashtag 10 envelopes. Use the hashtag 10 envelopes. And if you do this, I'm asking you to be public about it. Share it in social media. Explain that you're doing that, not for people's recognition, not for a pat on the back, but because you want to inspire other people to do the same. And, you know, Put your own twist on this, anything you want, but I really do believe personally that we need to be more upfront about our philanthropy, about our the way that we care for people and our kindness and how we can lift others. And yeah, we should be doing it all year long. And I hope that we do. But if we need a special season that it just makes it a tradition and something that we do every year, then so be it for us. That is the holiday season, and I'm really excited about doing our 10 envelopes this year. Here's my promise to you. Usually, we sit down and we write these all at one time together, and my letters are always the longest, so I always like hold the whole family up. They're like, Mom, we were supposed to leave like an hour ago. I'm like, I'm still writing. So I'm going to start writing mine now. Oh, and hey, just one more reminder that together, we have the ability to band together as lifers talk about this in the pod squad. Let's get together. Team Shaleen show. The link is in the show description. And if every person who listened to this episode just made a $1 donation, we will raise over $100,000 in one month. I know it. I've set our goal for 50,000. 
but I know we're going to overachieve that. And the only way that we will overachieve it is if you talk about the fact that you made that donation. Like, let's put what I've talked about in this episode, let's put it to the test. Let's just prove to people that the more we band together and actually promote the fact that we're giving and that we know that we can do more to help other people, let's inspire others to do exactly the same. All right, guys, that link is in the description and just don't forget how important that is. And hashtag 10 envelopes. I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon. Hi, this is Brooke Powers, Vice President at Smart Life. And I wanted to tell you about one of my favorite products that we have. It's our push journal. And we created the push journal because we know that you want to be making progress towards your goals. And in order to do that, you need a better system to hold yourself accountable. The problem is you've tried countless planners and journals and nothing seems to stick, let alone be effective, which I'm sure can make you feel defeated. We believe it shouldn't be a burden to keep track of your productivity and hit your goals. We understand that motivation, organization, and sticking to a routine can be a struggle. We've motivated and helped thousands of people to identify and set goals and stay focused on daily tasks that increase productivity that actually help you hit your goals. Does this sound like you? This is all you need to do. Go to pushjournal.com and order your push journal set. While you're waiting for your journals, download the instruction booklet at pushjournal.com to get an early start on setting your push goal and to get a little taste of how the system works. Stop wasting money on goal setting journals or programs that don't stick long term. Instead, find confidence in using a push journal for life. Trust me, you'll be addicted just like me.